0: What up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee Uncensored, and I'm Jason Lee.
1: I'm Blue Toulouse, Hey,
0: hey, it's DJ Damage. All right, so listen, we're back for another exciting new episode, and I'm so excited to show my new, my vice president is black t-shirts. Yes, I'm an opportunist, and yes, since Kamala got elected, I'm now making money. You can go to hollywoodunlocked.com to get that.
2: Um, At least you admit it, Jason. At least you
0: admit it. Yeah, being an opportunist is not a bad thing. Somebody hijacked that, you know, along the way and said that being an opportunist is bad. If you are a person and you see an opportunity, you're supposed to go for it. But I mean, I guess it's all the intent that matters, right?
2: Jason, I know if somebody had a Hollywood Unlocked sweatshirt for sale, you would lose your shit. Sure would. Sure would.
0: But the difference is I've trademarked and I own Hollywood Unlocked. Kamala don't own herself. She belongs to the country. So oh, this is cool. This is, oh, this is a deep dive.
1: <laughs> wow. This now, okay.
0: This is, this is now an opportunity for all of us for a first time ever to wear a sweater in support of the new vice president.
1: I, there's oh. layers to this. I don't know what to say, but go ahead. <laughs>
0: Listen, it's all it's all for the better of the country, okay? That's really why I designed this sweater. So look, um, I don't know what you guys have been into this past week, but this week I have been. I've been in a weird space where I really am focused intentionally on energy and Mm -hmm. I have had a Mm -hmm. lot of negative energy coming at me. And I thought about it for a minute, you know, I had to take a step out of what was happening to really look at it and say, you know, when you, when you're soaring to new places, like you're going to get tested. And I know that that sounds cliche, but it really is real. And even though it's happened to me time and time again, I found myself not being focused enough to see it coming so i mm-hmm. i was at first becoming reactionary to it and so now that i kind of see it i'm like okay okay i'm now focused and it's not anything one in particular it's just you know people close to me changing people that i don't even know coming for me and and i and at, at first you know as a natural human being we all absorb it and say what's wrong with me but sometimes you just i don't know i just had to find myself stepping out of it to look at it for what it was and you know now i'm like fuck them
1: I always call that. I always call that the price of admission. If you want to enter a new room, you have to be willing to pay the bouncer at the door. So whenever you level up, there's going to be a price of admission, and it's usually your relationship shifting. If you change, your relationship has to change, and it's not always going to be a good thing. Yikes.
2: The bad thing about me is I don't have enough relationships to lose people. So
1: oh my god,
2: <laughs> I think I thought this <laughs> earlier. Like I don't really ever have to shave people off because I always kind of been like to myself and only had a small circle. So. I get it, though. I feel like that's a real tough time where you're trying to level up and you're trying to do new things, and now people that have been around you for so long start acting different. But I just, you know, from the rip, I ain't got that many friends, so it's kind of easy for me.
0: But is even that your advice? Like me,
2: but, even, but even somebody like me whose circle
0: is really small, I don't consider myself having a lot of close friends, but it's even those close people that are that are right next to you that somehow change. And then, you know... I think with me, I used to internalize it a lot. You know, when I first started becoming a public figure, I started internalizing a lot. But then you realize that you change in response to how other people change. Other people mm-hmm. see the issues they have with you and they change. You know, I remember a friend of mine, I had taken to dinner. I may have told this story uh, before, or maybe not. But they started telling me about how I changed, how I wasn't the same person in the hood when I was 18 on the, on the block. I'm like, I can't Good. be on the block. I got, I got employees. It's called evolution, motherfucker. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. But people I, I think guilt, you, you, you know, have to show some grace will,
0: though, Jason. But people will guilt you into um staying familiar or staying in a place where they feel like they have their thumb on you or staying um in a place where you're not allowed to evolve. And I think it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to push through all of that. And that means if you lose some people, it is what it is.
2: Yeah, like I think at the end of the day, like we always gotta be mindful and keep people around us that wanna see us grow. I remember when I was 14, 15. And I was in the streets doing what I was doing. I could remember my my oldest my older friend Chubbs, you know, seeing more for me than what the situation was. And even because he was a part of that life, noticed that wasn't for me and pushed me out of it. So I could see where when you grow, you know, sometimes people are afraid to watch you grow past them, you know. But at the end of the day, we all have to keep individuals around us that want to see us grow, that want to see us prosper and invest in that. Like I want to see both you and Blue prosper so i can't even see me hating if you're trying to do something new and something better for yourself
1: yeah but we have to be careful guys because i think what happens is a lot of times we evolve and we immediately expect everybody in our lives to immediately see the new us if it takes you a while to see the new you you do have to allow some grace for an adjustment period like jason when you lost all that weight i'm sure that first 20 pounds you're like wait am i losing weight And then you're like, oh, my God, I really am losing weight, right? There was this pause where you had to get acclimated. And I think what happens is sometimes we go to one extreme to the other, where we immediately change and we give ourselves grace to get acclimated. But if everybody else doesn't immediately get on board, we cut them off and call them haters. So I do believe that some people have to go. But just don't be too trigger happy and give people a pause. Like, okay, I'm going to give you a second to get used to the new me. We're going to renegotiate the terms of our agreements. And if you still act like a donkey, now you have to go. But it's not going to be immediate. And we have to show a little bit of grace.
0: No, nah, yeah, I lost the first twenty pounds. I lost the first twenty pounds. I was like, damn, my dick bigger. So I, I okay. didn't have, that <laughs> I didn't have okay. that. I didn't have that emotional euphoric experience. I I looked at the first twenty, the second twenty, the third twenty, and now I'm on to the fourth twenty uh, uh, pounds. Uh, actually, now I'm on to the fifth twenty pounds. I'm at ninety pounds now. And so, no, that's I nice. looked at, I looked at the evolution of me as this was a decision that I made that was in my best interest, and whether it was my weight whether it's been my business, whether it's been my relationships, I've always looked at how could I keep moving forward in my best interest? I used to be very concerned about everybody around me. And I had to stop that because some people who are not able to evolve or they're not comfortable with evolution, will they're comfortable being stuck. And if you mm-hmm. keep waiting for them, you will stay stuck. That applies to family, friends, lovers. And, you know, I think we just have to—we we have to come to a place where And this is what I'm I'm figuring out for myself. We have to come to a place where we love ourselves enough to evolve, even if that means we lose everything familiar around us.
1: You know? Facts. Facts.
2: No, I I agree. And I feel like at the end of the day, the average person is not ready to evolve. I think typical humans are finding something that's safe and they live in that that realm, right? What you think, Blue? I don't feel like the average person wants to evolve.
1: I think the average person tells themselves they want to evolve, but I think the average person isn't ready for you to evolve. Like, like just to mention earlier, Mm. they want you to do well, but not better than them. And so I know for me as a woman, people tend to look at me and when you watch movies, right, I'm supposed to be the sidekick, but I am the Beyonce of my own life. And so someone who sees me and thinks I'm going to play the role of the sidekick, and they see that I have my own juicy, larger-than-life life, they're like, wait, that's not the role you were supposed to play. And I think that same thing happens for Jason. I think the same thing happens for Damage. We all look like three very specific archetypes. Jason was the gay best friend who was a little overweight, and now he's acting like Tatiana on these Streets, being his own <laughs> Beyonce, and people are having to renegotiate how they see him because he's not their psychic anymore. Damage is like the handsome but quiet one. And God forbid Damage gets mad one day, they're going to be like, wait, you're not allowed to get mad. You're not allowed to have feelings. So I think people get really lazy and they put us in these boxes. And so both of your points, when we grow out of the box, now they're uncomfortable because now they have to ask themselves, why are they still in their box? Like I left my box behind and here you are still being basic, awkward.
0: And the person that you described, the way you started that was the average person. Let me be clear. Jason Lee don't want average people around him no more. You know what I mean? There's no room for average people. And when I say average, I'm not talking about celebrity because I'm sick of them too. I'm talking about people (laughs) who have average thoughts. I'm talking about people Mm -hmm. who have average minds, people who want to wake up and just live that average life. We should all, no matter what role we play in the world, no matter what our job is, no matter what our, you know, our, our social makeup is, or our social class, we should all strive to be above average. Okay. And that's, that goes back to when Kanye West had said that he was a king, and everybody was attacking him, and even I was side eyeing him when he was like, "Okay, now you, you you a king," but we should all think king like, and and yeah. we and we as black and we as black people, you know, I was I was uh, on Clubhouse recently, and there was a whole conversation going on with a black guy in London where he was shaming black Americans for uh, being caught up in the idea that they came from slavery. When he was saying, "In my country, we're taught that we come from king and queen. so the whole mindset. And, and mental construct over here in Europe is very different than over there in the United States, where you see everything as a handout from the white man who's paying you back for the years of enslavement, whereas we see the riches that our ancestors passed down for for us uh, to us from from our culture and so I really feel like as people and i 'm talking specifically to anybody watching or listening who feels that they are average or stuck in a situation surrounded by people who do not want to allow them to live out their true greatness. Please join me on this journey where you tap into the true heart of who you are mm-hmm. and fight through it. And you really have to give no fucks about the people that you lose along the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this last thing and I want to get into what you guys did as well. Um, I uh, started the whole grounding process where I said, I went into my backyard and I looked up, I said, okay, God, take everybody out in my life who, who's not on the same journey as me. And God started removing people that I didn't see as people who would be removed. And then I I caught Mm -hmm. myself saying, I caught myself saying, all right, now, nigga, don't go out there and ask God why. Because you asked for it. You asked him to remove the people. You didn't ask him to remove certain people. You said, remove the people not on the same journey. And so once you open up that wish to the universe, you have to be prepared to accept the consequence, because at the end of the day, you know, he knows more about where we're going than we do. And I have a strong faith and I'm not going to question it. I haven't questioned it in a long time. am not going to start now. And so I'm now on this whole process of continuing my self-worth uh, and self-healing process. And also on, on a clubhouse, if you're there, you could join us on, uh, I think on Tuesdays, where we do a gratitude unlocked segment uh, on Clubhouse, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can log in. I'm going to have Iyanla and a lot of people in there talking about why we're full of gratitude so that way we can start our day and our week off in a positive way. So that's been
2: my week. Mm -hmm. I
1: love that. I hear it.
2: We were talking about the average person. I think what makes somebody average is them getting comfortable with being comfortable. To grow, there's growing pain, so you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I feel like everybody here... You Jason, you Blue, we've been uncomfortable in so many parts of our lives and we had to push through that to grow to be where we are today. Like if you ask my mom about me, I didn't even speak when I was a kid. So for me to be on a show speaking <laughs> is already showing a lot of growth. Like I was the quiet kid that would be in the corner to himself like oh, I'll just watch the party. So just for me everybody too. out there,
1: I was that kid but, too.
2: And that's what I'm saying, it's not like we're yeah. trying to shame the average person, but what makes you average is you're so comfortable being comfortable being in one zone grow, blossom, do something that makes you uncomfortable. Do something that shakes the table that's different for yourself. And you never know the person you might develop to be after that. So it's just a beautiful feeling. Be
0: and I'm I, am, I
2: Wait, wait, wait. I am shaming the average person.
0: Jason, and I'm going to no. tell you, hold on, no, listen, listen, because average, I was average. And let me tell you, and there are still times that I'm average. Average is a mindset mm-hmm. Everything, yes. I'm doing at, everything I'm doing at Hollywood Unlocked, I wanted to do 10 years ago. I just got a post on my Facebook reminding me of when I started my first blog, lowkeymessy.com, 10 years ago. And I remember wanting to do what I'm doing now, but not having certain courage, not having certain discipline, not having mm-hmm. certain focus, not being able to execute, not being able to strategize, and not being able to tap into all my resources and my relationships. Right now, there are people sitting at home or sitting at their job, feeling average, watching this show and they may think that the average we're talking about is them the average is the mindset that's stopping you from having the courage to leave where you are and tap into the full power of who you can be and so it's not about status because there's a lot of average ass there's a lot of average ass celebrities who call me and they are the weakest mental creatures but mm-hmm. they have everything you know what i mean and so i just want to say that i am shaming the Jason Lees out there who are listening to us, or who have been watching us for five years, who wanted to start their own podcast, who wanted to write their own book, who wanted to start their own leadership course, who wanted to become a journalist, who didn't because they were thinking average. Right now, you have the time to do it, and you have, this is the message from God telling you, well, through me, of course, because I'm a vehicle, Stop <laughs> being average.
2: But I want to say this, and Blue, you can speak to it better. I feel like your brain is conditioned to protect you from um, things that could hurt you. So if you can't see the foreseeable future, your brain's going to tell you not to do it. So people get stuck in this, you know, this cycle of doing the same thing because they know there's um, security in there. Like, okay, I get my check every Friday. Why veer off to do something where I don't know where the check is going to come from or what the results is going to be? So, yeah, it's average, but you have to be extremely, like, you have to be extremely intentional if you're going to chase those kind of dreams, Jason. Like, you got to give yourself, we all got to give ourselves some credit. Like, that's not something the average person is going to do to go, Oh, forget stability, run and just do something that's in your yeah. brain to do, you know?
1: I I have this really shady uh, gay friend. He used to always say, baby, not everybody is able. And so oh. uh, not everybody is able. And I used to, the crazy thing is people always call me courageous and brave and bold. I have an anxiety disorder. My entire like I'm actually extremely shy. But I remember when I was younger, they used to always say you can either be comfortable or you can be dope. So I intentionally always do things that make me really uncomfortable because I'm dope as hell, right? And so what I've learned the hard way is that not everything or everyone you lose is a loss and everything that I've lost has actually been a win for me. And so I think a lot of us have to get in the space of saying, what am I willing to let go to make my Mm. dreams happen? And that's the thing that people don't want to do is they don't want to pay the cost of admission. If you're going to ask for a big dream, just be willing Mm. to pay the price. Because trust me, Jason can tell you, Damage can tell you, we all paid a price to be here.
0: And listen, the thing that they have to let go of is what Damage said, and that is the fear that you can't just give up stability. That was the thing that prevented me from starting Hollywood Unlocked for 10 years. It was the fear of where am I going to get that check? I remember the day I told my boyfriend, we are ending the relationship. We are giving up the 19 floor penthouse and the BMW and the furniture and the flights and the trips. We're giving up the businesses because we're ending this. So I can be selfish enough to focus on me and Hollywood Unlocked. I left. I remember sitting in my apartment with a hundred dollars, looking at my friend, and said, We got to make this stretch for the week. You know what I mean? And so wow. I can tell you, I can tell you that it's the abandonment of the mindset that you can't be great or the fear you're going to lose everything, but sometimes you got to lose it all to get it all. And yeah. and that part, right. And, and that fear is literally the mountain between average and success. It's literally, and I'm, and I'm not even saying this from a, from a mm-hmm. position of, of I know everything, but what I do know is the journey on how I got here, which is my second book that'll be coming out because there are so many people who I meet them and they're far more intelligent than me. They're far more ambitious, but they have no direction or they they have a job that keeps them working 12 hours a day so they can't figure out how to Mm -hmm. tap into their creativity. I have people on my staff who have their own ambitions, but I know for sure that they've invested in me and have taken this job to be surrounded by it and motivated by it and inspired about it to learn how to do it for themselves later. That's why I don't have a problem supporting you, Damage or you, Blue, because what's for you is for you, and what's for me is for me, and we all share a space where we can all flourish together, but I I, I feel it's like there's a lot of people out there that watch the fuckery that I do on this show and don't <laughs> understand that like, underneath the garbage pail lid is a steak and lobster presentation for you of knowledge, wisdom, and experience, so I do hope that people can just get over the fear of being average. It's not a overnight thing it is a process there are yeah. days Damage in blue i remember my first video shoot shooting a promo for hollywood unlocked and i had to get drunk in order to just do a two-minute clip
2: okay because I was, I, was I was too nervous i was too nervous look I at me it. now and, and I think one thing we, we all do well is we, we found value in who we are outside of the external titles that people put on us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't have a job today, I still think I'm dope. And I yeah. think I can speak for y'all when it comes to that. And I feel like a lot of people in this world get caught up in the titles that these jobs or society put on you. And they feel like if you strip that from me who am I? So I can't leave this job that pays me well, not because it's just the money and the security, but then who am I once I leave this position? Now I'm no one. So you also have to have some kind of pride and ego in yourself in that way to go, you know what? I'm so dope. Don't matter what I do. If I'm out on the street, I still am who I am. And I love that. And I believe in that person.
1: What you just spoke to is actually the the difference between confidence and conceit. I I do these emotional intelligence workshops and someone once asked me, how do you know if you're conceited or confident? And I was like, it's all about direction, right? If you're confident, everything that makes you feel great is internal. If you're Mm. conceited, everything that makes you feel great is external. If you're Mm. dope and what makes you dope can be bought at the mall, you're conceited. If you are confident, everything can go away and you still feel confident. So for me, I could lose everything tomorrow and be like, I'm a dope person who's starting over
0: and i'll That's also confidence. extend that i'll extend that because that that i know somebody just got some some wisdom from that is i'll also say that if your value to your if your self-value is determined on who you know or who respects you more than how you know yourself and how you respect yourself then your if value you know. is misplaced your value yes. is misplaced and so i'll take that concept that you introduced and ex- expand it a little bit to say that i had to learn you know, the other day I was at lunch with a publicist uh, and I said to them, man, I can't wait till I sell Hollywood Unlocked. And they were surprised that I said that. And they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, when I sell it for $500 million, I'm going to open an investment group. I'm going to go out and get in tech. I'm going to buy real estate. I'm going to travel. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to live my life and and I'm going to disappear. I'm going to disappear unless somebody keeps me on payroll. But my point is that I'm not defined by Hollywood Unlocked, although that's how you might, you might identify me because that's how you know me, audience. That is not who I am. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of people, going back to having the courage to be above average, do feel confined to their titles, their jobs, or their relationships and don't look beyond that. And once you get over the fear of it, mm-hmm. I remember having a job that I really, really loved when I worked at juvenile probation. And I remember I, I got into that job because I wanted to help kids like me who look like me to live a better life, to have better opportunities, to get out of the system. And I remember losing that job because I, I made a complaint about uh, how they were abusing the kids. I remember losing that job, and I remember being depressed and feeling like I had no value, and I felt like I abandoned the kids and this and that. And then what, what – it what, but, but if I wouldn't have had that experience – I wouldn't have been vindicated in my lawsuit, and I wouldn't have been where I am now to where I have real influence in a different capacity. So I think it's just getting over that fear, man, and having the self-value and the courage to just be the best version of yourself. And everything opens up for you. Everything. I promise you.
2: Amen.
1: Since I've been here, I think this is the first conversation we've had where it's clear to the audience why the three of us get along. Because I think the three of us show up in such different ways. They were like, how did this merry band of misfits (laughs) come together? But when it comes to core values, we're actually a lot very similar. So I love that we have this conversation publicly.
0: And we have strong worth ethics because I'll tell you, there was a lot of pressure. Once we got the Foxhole deal, I'll share this with you guys uh, candidly and publicly. I was terrified at, are we going to grow? Are we not going to grow? Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Because it's really hard institutionally for corporations to take a risk with a show or a person like me who is so outside the box, who is not confined by the politics. And then I saw this clip of Oprah being interviewed before the launch of her national show years ago. And they asked her, what would she do if the show failed? And she said, basically what you said, Blue, if it fails, I'll be okay. Uh, If Mm -hmm. it fails, I'll go on and do something else. It wasn't for me. So I love the fact that we're all individually and collectively and hopefully everybody out there watching and listening are doing what is right for them you know and mm-hmm. and and at the at the time of wherever you may be seated there may be something greater coming don't don't not take in the blessings and the lesson of what you're experiencing right now because you're excited about being where you believe you deserve to be just living where you are and you'll get there and if you don't you'll get somewhere else it is what it is Banks. blue what are you do this weekend
1: Man, it just occurred to me that I am nesting. I am so nesting. I moved into my new home. I cannot wait to have you guys over for housewarming of some sort. Um, and I started unpacking things and looking at like drapes and new appliances. I'm such in like a um, Susie homemaker mode I think that's why I'm doing this whole 1950s pinup hair <laughs> I am feeling very Betty Boop these days and I think my hair is reflecting that um, if I show up in like a little ginger dress and, a, and an apron please just like roll with it and humor me so yeah I'm definitely nesting and so today every tourist bone in my body is excited because I have a new home and I can decorate it and have dinner parties and have food over and people and Jason if I throw a party you have to show up though Jason don't be Hollywood and Listen. pull a ditty and send me a pretty gift. I actually want your presence at this housewarming, your presence. Listen, I I will
0: come today. I went and took okay. two COVID tests because I'm obsessed with the idea that COVID is getting closer and closer to me because of the damn news. And so yeah. uh, I, I took some COVID tests,
1: but yeah, I mean, I'll come through, just let me know. Oh, Dang. I love this. Okay, that's what I did. It was boring. I was just being Susie Homemaker. How about you guys?
0: But are you getting to know your neighbors?
1: Mm, um. I don't really like talking to neighbors because then I feel they can clock me. I'm still West Indian. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we have trust issues <laughs> yeah. and we also have machetes in our kitchens. Um. I will say I don't have drapes yet. So I have like these serial killer tarps over all my Florida ceiling <laughs> windows until, <laughs> because a neighbor walked by while I was naked and we made eye contact and he just stared at me and I stared at him and I was like, I need to put something on the walls. <laughs> so one of my neighbors has already seen me booty ass naked. But aside from that, um, I haven't met any of the others. But word probably has gotten out that I'm that girl on the block already.
0: Hey, see, I don't know about I don't know you about you damage. <laughs> I'm not a neighbors person, but because we have a house in our neighborhood that continuously throws parties, we are all on an email where I have become a part of the neighborhood watch. And so, oh God. and so we're all, we're all collectively snitching on this one neighbor house, trying to get them shut down for COVID violations. Um, but I'm typically not a neighbor person. Like, I don't want you knocking on my door. Please don't come and wish me a Merry Christmas. Don't trick or treat. Keep your, keep your fucking kids over on your grass. I'm that guy Damage. Are you a neighbor person?
2: Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm from Philly. I hate neighbors. Um, But I did learn oh. moving to L.A. that No, for real. I learned moving to L.A. that there is a benefit in having neighbors because don't matter where you live in L.A., people come and steal your shit. So I had bikes stolen. They stole stuff from my son from outside. So it's good to have some kind of uh, camaraderie with your neighbors because they see stuff. But typically, nah, I don't mess with neighbors because neighbors get you in that, um, that banter when you're trying to get somewhere. And yep. now you just feel like you're doing this dance, like I'm trying to hurry up and get to the studio to record, but now I'm in this weird five minute talk with somebody I wasn't trying to talk to because they walked by. So typically, nah. But you know what's so funny is that my neighbors were all on email and I'm looking at
0: their titles. There's some powerful motherfuckers over here with money. Mm-hmm. So now, nice. now, that, now that although the thread has started about how we snitch on this one house, I'm now emailing them all individually trying to strike deals. So, so here we go. I'm in the neighborhood, I'm out here.
2: Damn, the the power of network. Like, yeah, what'd you do? I mean, we, we're coming off a big holiday week. So uh, Black Friday happened. And uh, salute to everybody that joined the Legendary Media Group. Uh, that's my media coaching program. We Woo! have about 40 people sign up. So salute to everybody that's trying to take their careers to the next level. that want to be media personalities hosts. Um, it's a humbling feeling for me that people believe in me to help them get there uh, to the next level of their career. So I thought that was extremely dope. So that's what I was doing all weekend, kind of getting people signed up, jumping on phone calls with everybody. But it was a dope weekend for sure.
0: I love the fact that I keep running into your students or your pupils or whatever you call them. Uh, you know your your damage your damagers. Um, I, I I keep running into them in social chat rooms or seeing them comments on on gagging with Jason Lee, and so it's it's good because I now I remember some of them. And I see that they're still going. And so that's great. And people got to realize that once they sign up with your course, that's giving you the tools. But now you got to go do the work. Like, you got to do the work. and You got to keep going. So uh, so that's Damage. great. That Thank you for,
1: th- for, for reminding me that. Uh, I have a message. Uh, a bunch of my, Clara, my Tarot clients um, hit me up on Sunday and told me to tell them that they love you guys, Jason and Damage. Um, it's hey. so awkward to have deep therapy sessions with people and at the very end of telling them that they're about to get a divorce, because they're like, tell Jason and Damage I love them. But my tarot clients, I have started watching the show and they love you guys. And they want you to know that from the other metaphysical side that you have a whole fan base of witches, Jason, who love you regardless of what you said about them.
0: Thank you. I just asked that everybody stay outside the perimeter of my home, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and by the way, I have to tell you guys, now, you know, if you've been watching this show for four years and I start to talk about relationships, you know that typically I'm full of shit, right? But I have to say that I found me a little spoon and I'm excited that I get to spend time with them. So they were telling me that, you know, they they're, they come from a very um, traditionally Spanish um, home where okay. their mother... Is very much like, who are you talking to? Who are you involved with? I need to meet them, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sending her the biggest arrangement of flowers. And the card is very Jason Lee. Like it says, you need to share your son with me, Uh, Jason. Oh, uh,
1: my heavens. Wow. Okay. but (laughs) But it's
0: cute. It's cute and it's new. But I oh, am out right. here dating I am out here dating in a very different way now. I am I was driving home one day and I got I kind of got emotional where I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm going back to this house by myself and I don't want to be by myself anymore." Some people are saying it's the season, but I just think it's it's the season in my life where like, "Okay, I need to figure something out now. can't be, can't be the player forever." Is there
1: going to be a wedding, Jason? A wedding? Do I smell a are Spanish you wedding?
0: You need to get, get it, your Papa. Wedding. You need to get your senses together. You don't smell a wedding. <laughs> that, okay.
1: Know. But
0: you might see a commitment ceremony with me or one or two or three people. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're talking
2: about. See, Jason, like we were going good, yeah. man. Now you're now talking about one, two, three.
0: Oh, my God. So, I keep trying
1: mean, with you, Jason.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying this because people are going to be like, oh, he's so full of it. No, I'm serious. You, we, The conversations we're all having is. Could there be a relationship with more than one person? Now, I don't know that it would be or would not be. I'm just saying that I don't want to start calling it relationship. I'm looking more of a partnership. How can I build a partnership that doesn't come with all of those draining rules and statistics, you know what I mean, of how they don't work? I want to just yeah. vibe and let the vibes flow. So that's why I'm Partnerships. Back.
2: We do need to talk about that one day, though, like the, the rules of relationships. I think we really need to dive into that because I feel like nowadays a lot of people feel like you do, Jason. Um, they're not with the rules of rela- – nobody wants to tell them what to do. Like, I have a kid. I don't want somebody telling me – treat me like a, a child. Like, I'm not doing that. And I yeah. do think that in many ways when you
0: say I'm in a relationship or you're my boyfriend or I'm your girlfriend, when you say that, all the rules in your mm-hmm. mind start putting pressure on you and I, I wish I could find a partner who we could both be like. Damn, he's good looking, or damn, you know what I mean? They're cool, or let's go take a trip and let's have a good time, and not have all the like. Why you look at that person? Like I don't. I'm never. I, I, if I was driving down the street and I'm in a re- and I'm in a relationship or a partnership with somebody, and they go. Why you look at them? I'm gonna pull the car over and put you on a bus because Jason.
1: Okay, Jason, I need I need to push back because a lot of people make this speech and they do it in the middle of the conversation. That only works when the person feels like they are in a secure relationship. If someone's in a secure relationship, then it's much easier to look at other people. But if they're in a messy relationship where they're not sure where they stand, no, you can't say that to them because they're already feeling insecure. So before you say that, make sure you're making the person feel like they're already in a situation where that's not going to be a threat to them. Because a lot of folks who say that are watery with their boundaries, and then they say that and wonder why someone's triggered. So you have to take a little bit of responsibility for what kind of situation you're creating before you make that comment. Sorry, I had to push back on that one. But there are are people
0: in confident relationships who don't have self-confidence and your lack of That's self-confidence.
1: That's different. That's different your
0: lack your lack of self-confidence doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I've created a, a a confident environment for you to flourish in. Anybody who's ever been with me and the reason why you don't see people exes out there talking bad about me is I make sure that you figure out how to get your own money if you don't come in with it. I make sure that you figure out how to have your own independence in our relationship. So that way, no matter along the way, when you want to leave, you can leave without having to negotiate whether you can pay to leave or not pay to leave or afford to leave. I don't want you to be here because of my money or my lifestyle. So I'm always trying to find ways to elevate my partner. But if you have a lack of self-confidence because of my work or my relationships or my, my exposure... I can't, I can't do nothing about that. So that's why what I'm looking for now, when you do come to me, you mm-hmm. gotta be cute. You gotta be cute. But beyond being cute and have abs, you have to have a certain level of confidence in what you're doing. The person I met happens to be extremely satisfied in their personal life, extremely confident in who they are. They have already set the boundaries. I know the guardrails for how I can engage them. They've told me how we're gonna move from where their comfort level is. And they they said they did something small that was really big to me. Most times when I meet a person, I don't know about damage, maybe because sometimes girls could be a little crazy. Blue, y'all could be a little crazy. So, I okay. date girls
1: too, so I know they could be crazy. But Go ahead. Okay, so sometimes
0: y'all know girls could be crazy. This person mm-hmm. said to me, I wanted to ask you a question when we were in person because I wanted to talk about it when we were together. Mm-hmm. But I'll just ask you right Ooh, now. That's grown. You- I already like this person. Okay, go ahead. Then they said, are you already seeing somebody? And I said, no. And they said, okay. And I said, why did you say that? And they said, well, there's a picture on your Instagram with somebody that you were holding. And you said, this person completes me and you were happy and blah, blah. I said, okay, that was a joke with my friend Noah while we were on vacation. He got too drunk. I took a picture with him. I put an emoji and it was a joke. But the fact that he asked me in such a respectful way without flying off the handle and making mm-hmm. a big deal, you niggas always trying to cheat. I had such a level of respect, so I had to tell him in the moment, like, "Yo, I really do appreciate how you asked me that." You know, yeah,
1: what that's mean? good. You emotional did that, so. intelligence. He has emotional intelligence. Love to see it.
2: Well, that's good. That that's that's what you're dealing with. I, I tend to deal with people that self sabotage, and I'm I'm past the point of crazy women. So thank God I ever evolved out of that stage. But now you get people that are so brilliant that they're just self sabotaging um, the courtship. So I've talked to somebody. And we met on DM and they were like, oh, I've been keeping you at arm's lift because I was looking for red flags and I can't seem to find any. And as soon as she admitted that, on the call is when we stopped talking. But that's like, what she sparked that up about, so now. much.
0: That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. She lacks self-confidence. Like she transferred mm-hmm. all her insecurities to what you were supposed to do.
2: But the crazy part was, as soon as she admitted it, she found something in that conversation that day to go, "Oh, I can't deal with this." It's like you're you were looking for the red flag the whole time, right? And it was blowing your mind that there was no red flag. So I can't deal with that. Like I can't, I can't compete with that.
1: I have to speak for the ladies though, because I had you know, guys. I have a lot of male friends who look out for me. Um, I feel like when I get married, I I think I mentioned this before, I'm going to have to have groomsmen and not bridesmaids because I don't know enough (laughs) women (laughs) friends. I'm going to have have to have a bunch of groomsmen and and dresses. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, But one of my male friends, um, and, and I adore him because, you know, he's like my Cuban brother. He mentioned to me, he was like, everybody that you have ever dated is better when the relationship is over. Like you literally add value, like tangible value to the lives of the people that you date. But he was like, a lot of the guys, that, especially the men, because the women are a little bit different. A lot of the guys that I talk to, there's this thing of they want a smart woman, they want a confident woman, until it's time for her to check him. And Mm -hmm. suddenly, all that smart and confident, you're like, oh, wait, you're going to direct it at me too? I'm like, yeah, like you're going to mess up, and I'm going to have to call you out lovingly. And so I think there's this thing that's happening when men say they want confident women, but when Mm -hmm. the confident woman has to tell you about yourself, and you're not in control, suddenly... They freak out. And so I'm trying to figure out how to figure out who really wants a confident, smart woman versus who likes the look of a confident, smart woman, as long as she's not pointing out his flaws.
2: Now, I agree. And uh, being that I, I'm, you know, largely attracted to confident, you know, strong black women. Uh, one thing that I've seen, though, is when you're smart and you are articulate, you can talk about a lot. A lot of times you could talk your way out of something good. Right. You can convince yourself of something. And because you're so smart, you can find a thousand resources and reasons and references to back up how you feel. But it's like at the same time, that's not what's happening now. So instead of having the conversation of is this the situation now and how do we get past it? It's like I feel like this is now and I have all these great reasons because I'm smart to justify this. But it's like, where are we going now? I I get you are correct. This is what's happening.
1: You didn't answer the question there. The question was about the men, though. You turned it back to the women. So the question was still, how do men fix their egos to recognize that a smart woman at some point is going to have to tell you about yourself as well without taking it as a personal attack? You still didn't address that. I'm just going to say. Go ahead, David. okay.
2: I can't speak for men. I don't know what men can do. (laughs) I'm one man with my own ego, my own pride, and I'm learning every day that I'm just a different kind of dude. So right. I can't speak for men about how they should check their ego. I Every day, Blue, we sometimes might have a conversation. I'm like, I can't even believe a dude did that. Like, <laughs> So man. everybody's ego is different. Um, fellas, I don't know. I ain't got nothing for y'all. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> listen,
0: listen, and men and women, just remember this soundbite, please. When you find yourself in a situation that you think somebody else ain't shit, please take a break to just look at how fucked up you might be. Because hey, Listen, oftentimes I've met a lot of you broken birds on the side of the street and I've taken you in and I've nurtured you and I've sutured you up and I built you up. And then right when your little clipped wing figured out it could take flight, you thought you was back out there and everything was all good again, only to try to come back. And I just I just really I just really have this. I had this thing where I was always looking to save a person where I always wanted mm-hmm. to rescue a person and so I'm off that shit like I when, when I talked about the weight loss and having the self love part of self love is making sure that the person that you bring into your life is giving you the love that is almost as close as the love you have for yourself and so I'm not looking for the project anymore I'm not looking for the fix it up or I I don't want none of that shit so and then also, when a person's telling you how fucked up you are,
2: mm-hmm.
0: find a way to step outside of it, where you're able to acknowledge how fucked up they are. Because
1: <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that coming. Wait, okay. Yeah,
0: Jason. you thought I was, you thought I was gonna say. You thought I was gonna say, take a second to look at how fucked up you are. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> as 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 it's as it's being leveled at you, take it in, but be very conscious about how fucked up they might be because people project a lot of their shit. What Damage just said that that girl did to him is a clear example of what a lot of broken people do, right? They'll start Mm -hmm. projecting their shit on you and then have you out second guessing who you are. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we ain't doing that in 2021 because 2020 for me is already over. Like I'm over, it's above me, I'm done.
1: However, if you do trust someone, if someone has shown themselves to be someone who is healthy and trustworthy and they say, hey, that thing you did um, I don't like how you did that. I think they've, they've earned the grace. I use that, this word a lot, the mm-hmm. grace for you to be like, Hey, you're not out to get me. You're a solid person. You're a confident person. Maybe you really didn't notice something that I didn't notice. Cause mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm realizing is we all say we want healthy, but let's be honest. If you have to choose between a salad and fries, most people choose fries, right? And even though they know they should I mean, want a salad, well, I mean, you can't choose fries cause you're on a whole journey. No, 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 oh, no.
0: No, no, no. I, no, but see the thing is, the thing is blue. I can choose fries. And since uh-huh. I've had my surgery, I have had, I have tried to eat fries, but my stomach and the ab gods have reminded me that it ain't <laughs> to eat them because my body's not responding. But the thing is, again, like once even we have the, uh, the, the strength to do better, we still fall short, but we have to always have the strength to, to pick ourselves up again and do better, you know?
1: Sometimes yeah, wanna... a toxic person is you. I, I think that's probably the thing I tell everybody. If you haven't asked yourself have at least once a month, am I full of shit today? You're probably mm-hmm. extra full of shit because plot mm-hmm. twist, all human beings at some point is full of shit. So if it hasn't been your turn in a while, it's been your turn. Nobody just had the boss to tell you. And, and it's all perspective.
2: And, and it goes back to the cliche of uh, the communication. We need to communicate better. But I found yeah. that I've, I learned the most about myself after I'm done with a situation And I might see the person sometime in the future and talk about that situation because we both have grown since then. And the reason I'm able to grow and learn from it, because the way we communicate after the relationship was way different from how that person communicated with me in the relationship. So they'll tell me things that they thought was kind of messed up or where I could have been wrong. And I'm like, well, why didn't you say it like that? You now you're saying it after the fact. So I feel like a lot of the times um, we got to figure out how to communicate better within the relationship because I'm sick of learning after the fact. It's like, well, if you would have told me that then, we probably could have worked this out. But I didn't know you felt like that. And I was afraid to say this. And I was afraid you was going to respond that way. And I think we got to just be more authentic in how we communicate with each other. And, you know, that's how you found out if you're full of shit or not. Because I was definitely full of shit on a lot of my (laughs) situations.
1: People who say that, though, are full of shit, though. People who suddenly have the right things to say six months, a year later. I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit on that. Um, it's really easy to do revisionist history where you now have this clean version of what happened and what you could have said after the fact I'm sorry the real you is in the moment okay speaking if someone of, is dope of, yeah. in retrospect they're bullshit I'm sorry it's bullshit I don't, I don't ever listen to my exes when they give me that speech it's bullshit Okay, speaking of relationships now it's time for the bite
0: So listen, social media is on fire. I don't know if you guys saw this gospel singer Darrell Walls. He's in the mm. group, the Walls group, uh, a video of him surface of him kissing a man. Now, I don't know why the Internet exploded because I've seen men kissing men for a long time. Maybe it's because he's in a gospel group. I don't know. But uh, social media actually stepped in to support the gospel singer. And I even did last night on my show gagging with Jay Salim and a lot of. Uh, but But what happened was. He has what's called a, a close friends group on his Instagram, and that's where you can post just for people who you trust, who are really close to you. He has that, and he posted in his close friends group a video of him kissing another man. Uh, take a look.
2: Let me kiss you. I don't like you like that. Oh, no, you don't like me like that. Give me a kiss, I'ma show sure people what you, relax.
0: now the reaction was mixed a lot of fans did not appreciate that uh someone close to him uh quote outed him and then other people were saying that because he's a christian and he's in the church he shouldn't do it and so i just want to start by saying to uh, (laughs) daryl You know, you and I have had some text message exchanges because before all this happened, I invited you on the show because I'm such a big fan of gospel music and a fan of you and your family. You guys are some of the most talented singers, and as a fan of uh, gospel music and as a gay man, uh, a very out gay man, I just want to say, man, we rhyme with you. And I, I am, I, I, I have a problem that you were outed, but there's a. A lesson in the blessing of you being out of that now you can literally change people's perspectives by being very public and taking ownership of this, ownership of this. Now Walls wrote on his Twitter page, he said, You are good, oh Lord, you are good. Uh, blue damage, did you two uh see it?
1: Yeah, yeah. go ahead, blue. Okay, so I have mixed feelings about this. Uh, You guys might not know this, but I was raised deeply in the church. My middle name is Emanuela, which is a Spanish version of the Hebrew word for Jesus. My mother literally named me after Jesus. Um, So that's how Christian my family is. And my feelings about this is on one hand, I hate that he was outed. He's a beautiful, talented man with a good heart who knew that he could not be his full self. Um, in the space that he was in, despite his anointing and his gift, right? So I completely hate that somebody outed him and I think there's never, and it's something Jason and I have spoken about, we agree that it is, is, and I think Damage can probably agree too, it's never okay to out anybody, that's disgusting. On the other hand though, I don't ever wanna be tolerated, I wanna be celebrated, right? Any space that I'm in, forget tolerating me. If you're not going to clap for me, you're not my people. And so if those people were not, were only tolerating him because they thought he was straight and are now turning against him, those weren't his people to begin with. And like Jason said, I think it's a blessing. Um, And that people who really rock with him, who really care about him, who really appreciate his anointing are going to still be there for him. So I don't think that he lost anything of value. I think all he did was gain a platform.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a Christian so you know I can't speak to that but why do y'all give a fuck about what somebody do with their personal life? Like that shit really eats me up. Like this man can't live his own life and you can't just love the music and move on? Why do you have to be that deeply invested into what somebody does in their personal life? You some of these people that might be talking ill about him is never going to meet him, never going to cross paths with him. Why does your opinion matter? Let that dude do whatever the hell he want to do. So all power to him if he's happy I'm happy for him that's all that matters if somebody does something that makes them feel good on the inside for them you're supposed to be happy for that person it doesn't like it's not going to affect my breakfast it's not going to you know deter me from doing anything I'm doing with my own life I'm happy for that dude so if that's what he wanted to do even though um, you're saying somebody out of him but if he's happy with it I'm extremely happy for him
0: now, a friend Aww. of mine who's my a friend of mine who's my age, we were walking, we were walking the other day somewhere here in the neighborhood, and they looked at me and said, I really value and respect how truthful you live your life. And I wish I could be more like that. And I'm thinking, we're the same age. We're in our forties, right? How how long does a person need to be shamed into living a life that's not theirs? because it makes you feel comfortable. I think damage, which you said was so powerful for other straight people to hear, especially other straight black men. Mm -hmm. Stop giving a fuck about how everybody else is living their lives. I never walked in a room to anybody and said, okay, this is my straight friends. This is my gay friends. Why do we have to segregate who's gay and straight? Why do we care about the things that don't impact us? And it's really sad to think that the church which is supposed to be a source of many blessings, right, in mm-hmm. 2021, um, is still making people feel shamed and to, uh, trapped in a closet. And I didn't mean mm-hmm. to use the R. Kelly uh, terminology. That just all I like, speak about. It. But you know what I mean? Like, why, why, why does this, this man have to go on live and do a declaration to make all of you guys feel comfortable?
2: Why? I, I, know, I know for me, Jason, when I went to boarding school, there was people... I guess they were figuring themselves out, right? So when I first got into border school at eighth grade, you know, the people that I lived with in the dorm, they were straight. And by the time I graduated from high school, some of those guys was gay. Did the person change? Is that still not my brother? That's still not somebody I shared a room with. You know what I mean? Like no. why? Because his personal preference changed. Do I need to act different towards him? And that's not and and I think I was blessed to learn that experience early. That's why I just can't give a fuck. It's like that's the same person that that was my brother then. Just because you do whatever you do in your personal life, that has no effect on me at all. I'm not going to sit there and treat you different or shame you or talk about you. That makes me look questionable. Like that makes me look untrustworthy. Where it's I, like I, I got to meet the I, core of a person and now I don't mess with them because of something they do on their personal time. And we're not talking about doing drugs or alcohol, something that's going to kill you, something that's totally for your own benefit on your own time. I don't, I don't get it.
1: Oh, and, and, and,
2: and, and and when you say that damage, what I get, and this is
0: always my measurement of if a man is straight or not. When a man says what you just said, that tells me you're straight and you're confident. Because a man who's straight, really straight and confident, ain't thinking about another man's bedroom. Like, you're just not. Period.
2: And,
1: Period. And
0: honestly, and honestly, I could tell you, I can listen to any artist and I hear their music, and I tell you if I like their music or don't like their music, but it's 1,000% completely about the music. It's not about how they live their life, how they dress, whether they date this person or that person. It's do I like the song. And I just, I, I was, I was de- first of all, I didn't know that he was gay or bisexual. I don't. I still don't know what he is, but I was devastated to see him be outed. But then I thought about it. All you tamarine playing deacons in the church sucking dick on the low. Donna McClurk, Well... Donnie McClurkin. <laughs> Donnie McClurkin used to suck dick and y'all accepted him on Sunday Best as a host. Wait, so, what, what happened? No, he did. That's true. It's facts. What we're not oh, yeah. going to do, what we're not going to do is shame this young man because this is how people end up killing themselves and doing things to harm themselves because of big motherfuckers who pressure them into uh, being afraid to live out their truth. So shout out to Daryl, man. We got your back over here at Hollywood on Lot. Keep doing your thing. All right, look. I'm really upset and I don't know why I'm upset about this next story, because I'm gay. And speaking of being gay, I need to be happy that I'm gay because Rihanna has a fucking boyfriend. And there's a yes, part of me. Yes, this is a part of me that made me think the other day when I heard this that I might be bisexual. Okay, or pansexual. I, no, I'm not pansexual. I, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I ain't fucking with no trans. And, and listen, I ain't mad at trans. Y'all can live your lives, but you, you're okay, not okay, Jason. This. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let me say this. I'm just not attracted to that, right? But let me say that I was, je- for a moment, I was jealous that Rihanna is now reportedly dating my boy ASAP Rocky. Uh, people have been talking about this for months. And after months of rumors, People Magazine just put it out there that Rihanna and uh, her friend ASAP were on a date somewhere in New York City. And so uh, apparently they were spotted having fun out in COVID. Now, you know, if you're out during COVID, during <laughs> in New York City, you got to have been a little bit more intimate. So people are saying that they're dating, although neither one have come out and said that it's true. And uh, recently, you know, they did a whole interview with GQ magazine where it looked a little cute. And honestly, I'll be very clear. ASAP Rocky, I love to death. Mm -hmm. If she was to have a man ASAP, you have my approval. Even though you're not asking for it.
1: He's beautiful. He's a beautiful chocolate. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of this relationship and the babies that might come from it. Uh, I like both of their faces a lot. Um, I like his swag. He's the kind of person where I actually have been a stan of them and have been shipping them, as the kids call it, for a couple years now. So I'm happy that I was right. Um, because the way that he moves in her life is even when she was in a relationship, he was like that friend who always had her back when she went through her, mm-hmm. um, her breakup. He was the first mm-hmm. person to be there for her. Let me, let me finish damage. Mm-hmm. He was the first person to be there for her. And so I just love that even when he wasn't getting any ass from her and there was nothing coming of it, he was always there for her. So that when she was single and COVID and the pandemic gave him a reason to sit still, it just kind of blossomed. I love this story so, so much. If if I can't be with either one of them, because I I kind of like them both, um, I, love them I I'm, telling, I'm telling I'm telling you right now. I, I told
0: Rihanna that she I told Rihanna she was the only girl that could get it, and I did t- I did drunk text ASAP one time, and I said <laughs> some version of, of him getting it. I'm saying right now to both of them, if you want to spice it up, throw me in the middle.
1: I am all for it. I think they should throw me in the middle because I'm more experienced, Jason, being in a thruple. So I would like to volunteer as tribute. I'm just gonna say
0: you don't that. Want to talk about you don't want to talk about experience. We'll lose all our partnerships if I take some, <laughs> some, oh, wow. some of the shit I did. Oh wow. Some of the shit I did is on is on G- uh, national geographic. So don't Oh wow, <laughs> wow,
1: not Wait, them? You
0: brought the animals into it.
2: You know what? After, after you're close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna be real, man. I'm happy to see Rihanna with a black man. To be honest, like it seemed like we oh. was about to lose her for a second, but I'm just happy to see her with a black man. I think that's powerful right now with the Fenty movement going on and how I how I look at Rihanna as an innovator and everything. Like I'm just happy to see her with a black dude for real. Yeah. Like, I hope they, hope they get married. And I hope they take it far too. I want them to really like kill that.
1: I'm slow down, so much.
2: Slow, slow down. Slow down, my
0: man. We don't need re read. Re. Don't get married and have kids and start being no, thousand. No, Rihanna it's is time. fun to party with, and I need to do at least three more. Three, I, okay, the wedding. I'll go to the wedding. Fine. All right, look. Before we go on there, you know, earlier I said, can I get the solo shot so everybody can see how beautiful this is? My vice president is Black <laughs> Shirt, which is available on HollywoodUnlocked.com. I'm going to let. Kamala Harris just recently announced, and so did, well, and the the other guy, uh, Biden. The president. Well, this is about Kamala, okay? (laughs) They announced that they have all-female White House communications team, and they're Mm -hmm. pushing for our girl Karen Bass uh, to take uh, 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 the Senate seat here in California. And so I'm just really excited. I don't know. I thought about you, Blue, when I saw that they had announced uh, all of these beautiful uh, Black women who were going to be speaking for them. And there's, there's some other races in there, too. But the fact that they did put some, some high-powerful Black women in the mm-hmm. office, I, I was very
1: proud to see that. I love that Joe Biden, who knows that he's like 112 and is basically just throwing us an alley-oop because we needed him as a white man to get us in there. Um, I love that he's going to be surrounded by so many strong Black women. Um, in particular, I didn't say women of color. I said Black because it's not interchangeable. Um, I love that. Aside from Kamala, we have Simone Sanders. We have a bunch of other people. There's even a Haitian lesbian. Like Shout out to her, sis.
0: Speaking of of Simone Sanders, uh, she reminds me a lot about you, a lot like you, because she is uh, very opinionated, very boisterous, but also very articulate, and she can really uh, lay out her idea of how things can be better. Whereas right now, I think we're all just accustomed to somebody standing up there and telling us a bunch of bullshit.
1: Yeah, she's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. And I I love that he's not just picking black women to fit a quota. If you did not know these were black women, because I actually had to do a write up about every single one of them. And you just saw their resumes. They are beasts. These are not diversity hires whatsoever. This is not a hookup to black people. They're beyond qualified for the job. So I love that he didn't just pick women of color and women and black women. He picked people who were so qualified that even salty men can't really say anything. So... Well played, Biden and Kamala, of course, because you're our sis. Well played.
0: So again, if you're looking to support this movement or if you're so excited at this last segment, <laughs> going by my sweater. my vice <laughs> president is black at hollywoodunlocked.com. Oh, and Karen Bass, when you get that Senate seat, please don't forget us because we got your back and we trying to get up in the White House too.
2: Amen. That's right. That's right. No, and right now it's time for some damage control. All right, y'all, it's time to talk about Bad Baby. If you don't know who Bad Baby is, she's also the Catch Me Outside girl. She signed to Atlantic. She started a music career. But she's in the news right now because she apologized for the past remarks she made about blackfishing. So she took some time on social media. She went to rehab. She's turned over a new leaf, it seemed like. And now she's apologizing for some past remarks. So she took to Instagram and she posted this video.
1: I want to make this very, like as clear as I can because I'm tired of my words being twisted at social media's play, like I'm tired of it. So, what happened was, in the video of me saying who wants to be black, I was upset because someone came on my live, actually not just one person, multiple people were coming on my live telling me I wanted to be black because I had curly hair in my head. And the funny thing about it was, the hair I had in my head was my real hair mixed with extensions to make it longer. There was no problem with me having that hair in my head. But people wanted to say I wanted to be another race because of it. So all I said was, who wants to be black? Meaning like, who are you talking about? Like, for example, if someone said, oh, you you, you want to be like, you, you want to look like her so bad, you would be like, who want to look like her? Not meaning, oh, it's bad to look like her, but just who are you talking about? That's all I meant.
2: There it is right there. And she had this caption. She said, I know it's better to not respond, but I just... Don't want to offend or upset people, and I also don't want to let people have the wrong idea of me. I'm not the evil, mean, racist person y'all paint me out to be, and I'm the only person who can help people truly understand the real me. So um, that's her statement. Shout out to Bad Baby. You know, she's trying to turn a new leaf. How I feel well, shit, y'all feel about it,
0: Danielle, we already we have a bad idea about you. We we had it when we saw you on Doctor Phil. We had it uh, a week after that, a month, a year, and two years, and we still have it till this day. And it's just because of who you are. I thought we I thought that was a video of Sky Jackson. Is she morphing
1: into?
0: Is she morphing into a little black girl? Because I was confused at what I I thought that was Zonique as a child. I didn't know who I was looking at.
1: That's T.I.'s daughter from Hymen Gate. Let's stop playing these reindeer games, guys. I would love production to have a split screen of her as a white woman <laughs> and her now. And that is my only commentary. Your face speaks hey, for itself,
2: sis. I don't like, I don't like any sis. of her antics or anything she's done in the past, but I also got to keep in mind that that's a child. You know, I got little sisters and little cousins her age. I don't even think she's 20 yet. So if she sat there and realized a lot of the shit she was doing was stupid and she wants to apologize... I'm going to give her some grace with that. And I'm also going to watch the things she does after this to see if she's really owning these things she's saying. But it's hard for me to be mad at a little girl, to be honest. Like, that's just A little
1: girl. She's a culture vulture who threatened to beat up actual little black girls. She's a culture vulture. She's not a little girl. She knows what she's doing. I'm calling bullshit. I can't stand her. I think you're a scourge. I think you're doing what the Kardashians did, but in a lazier way, you're whack. You're whack, you're whack, you're whack, you're whack. If I see you in the street- I will call you... It may face. be,
2: but I don't blame necessarily her. I blame the people around her because at the I'm end bl- of the day... Well, I, she's dam- a child. Damage.
1: Damage. Donna, a child.
0: She, is a, she is a child, but I don't like her. And fuck her mama too. Let me tell you about mm-hmm. her mama. Her mama Her mama is trailer trash. She came on Instagram one day and posted a, vi- a photo of my dead brother's uh, headstone at his cemetery and said, that's why your brother's dead. I remember so that. He, she, she's an offspring yeah, you see? And, 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 you see, and 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 I and I don't like either one of them. I do. I feel like you know there's been many times that she should have had her Instagram account disabled for good. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she still has how uh, has it. And I'm surprised that Atlantic Records, who has Cardi B, one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest musical star right now in music, and also shares the same space with a Danielle Bragoli, aka Bad want Black Baby. I can't.
1: She's threatened to kill actual black girls. Okay? Yeah. So I'm sorry. I mean, once you threaten once you trying to kill actual black girls by trying to look like one yourself, that's when Grace goes out the window. She can kiss my ass.
2: Oh, okay. yeah. I'm not going, I'm not telling you to have grace for. Her. I'm just saying my perspective. You know, yeah. like this a little girl. I see little boys all day go on Instagram and say all types of stuff. Now, am I giving her a pass? No. What I'm saying is. You apologize, cool. I want to see how you act moving forward. If I see anything after this apology that reminds me of the old you and what you was doing when you was 14 or 15, then it's like, fuck out of here. But I get you, Blue. I'm definitely not telling you to have grace for nobody. She's always apologizing though. I
0: wanna see, I know we just I know we just saw Roy Jones and Mike Tyson fight. I wanna see Well Vicky come back and do the work. Well Vicky, I need you <laughs> and her. <laughs> In a ring, beating each other down to the ground. Okay, please. All right, well, I'm so sick of her. Well, hopefully yeah. they don't beat her
1: back
2: and blue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a wonderful segue. Thank you, damage. It's time for black and blue. This installation of Black and Blue is a very fascinating one. If you've been living under a rock, you might not have heard, but mulatto, the up and coming oh, hip hop. Hold on, hold
0: on, hold on. Did you, did you, Are you referring to me?
2: Mm,
1: Jason? Cute. Okay, that was cute for you. For those of you who do not know, a mulatto, the term, is a Spanish word for a mule that is half donkey, half horse. It's wow. also a derogatory term used to describe mixed race individuals such as Jason Lee. Now, rapper Mulatto, who has chosen to make that her stage name, we'll talk about that in a second, she's under fire this week because allegedly, as a journalist, I have to say this word, allegedly, she was on Clubhouse talking about how she does not believe that colorism exists. For those of you who are not in the know, Clubhouse is an audio based uh, social media app that is for influencers and industry folks and celebrities. It's supposed to be exclusive. Everybody on the show is on it because we're special and we're hype. It doesn't feel so exclusive anymore, though.
2: And, and Clubhouse, she,
1: uh, if you're hearing this, you can um, send a check our
2: way for this uh, nice promo.
1: Right. So she was on.
2: There's
0: going to be a beep in the name of the app because they didn't pay for no advertising. But you said it
1: earlier. You mentioned it earlier, remember? <laughs> I know, I
0: know. I'm playing, I'm playing.
1: So she was on Clubhouse. And here's the thing, right? She actually um, heard all the rumors but she was getting dragged on social media for having the nerve to be someone called Mulatto, but claiming colorism doesn't exist despite the fact that her name is an allusion to colorism. And she said, you guys need to stop pushing this false narrative. I never said that. Now, my question to you, Damage and Jason, is, as people who are special enough to be on this app, we know that you can record when something happens on the app, and yet there is no evidence of her actually saying it that I know of so far. So mm-hmm. do we believe Mulatto, God, what is her government name? Do we believe Mulatto that she did not say this, or do we think she got caught slipping and is now trying to backtrack? Well, Big well, Lotto. Let me say this,
2: there,
0: are, there are some tweets. There are some tweets. Let me show you her tweets that she posted online. OK, she said, I would never say no shit like that colorism that that does that colorism doesn't exist. And she also said, please stop with the false narrative. So I'm going to just go to Big Lotto, a.k.a. Mulatto and just take her words from her Twitter. But now the whole conversation that she's having too blue and damages that she may change her name from Mulatto mm-hmm. to Big Lotto since it's. And I'm just, why? I'm, I'm telling you, as somebody who used to be on Twitter, who led the Mulatto Mafia. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. mm mm-hmm. 10 years I'm, ago, like 10 it. years ago, 10 years ago, people didn't itch when they heard the word, word mulatto. People are just too... Let me finish mm-hmm. my thought. People mm-hmm. are too sensitive these days where people... Are, can't, you can't say anything without people wanting to be canceled, wanting to take this away, wanting to do that. If this girl, as a mixed girl, says that she's mulatto, let her be who she is. And you know, another conversation we had last night on Gang Lee, one of my Fully black fans, Gagnation said, full black people shouldn't even have an opinion about it because y'all ain't mixed.
1: So my response to this is, I grew up in Boston in a predominantly black neighborhood that was mostly West Indians and Latinos, right? Growing up, whenever you met a Trinidadian person who had silky hair a la Tatiana Ali, we would call them coolies. I grew up calling people coolies my entire life. It wasn't until my sophomore, I didn't know anything It was wrong because they called themselves coolies. I called them coolies. What's up, coolie? It is what it is. It wasn't until I was a sophomore in college in my Africana studies class where I found out that coolie was a derogatory term. Without even skipping a beat, I was like, bet, I just won't say it anymore. I didn't say, oh, on the block, we were calling people coolies. I was like, you know what? The people on the block were ignorant. I was ignorant. I didn't know any better. But now that I know better, cool, easy pivot. So my thing is, this is a weird hill to die on. Y'all want to die on the hill about calling yourselves donkeys? I wouldn't fight for the right to curse of a donkey, Jason. So now that we know. You donkey.
2: Wait, wait,
0: wait. At the end of the day, as a mixed breed person representing all of the other mulattoes on the show, oh I, feel like wanna, I feel like if that's what we want to, I feel like if that's what we want to call each other, we have the right. Now, let me ask you a question. If, if And please brace yourself for this question because I, I merely offer it as a way to start a dialogue, right? right. When we saw Doja Cat, talk about 4C hair, and everybody attacked her because they said she shouldn't have an opinion about 4C hair because she's not fully black, which I thought was a dumbass thing to say. Why now do people who ain't half-breed, why do they feel like they have a, co- a part of the conversation about whether or not people can call themselves mulatto?
2: Mm. Man, I got a few You're things right. to say about this, to be honest. Hit a damage,
1: hit a damage. <laughs> when
2: I first heard her rap name before I get to hear the music, I was like, wow, I never thought somebody would call themselves mulatto. But I thought about what hip-hop is. We took everything that was bad and things that people um, downed us about, and we, we used it to grow and blossom and, and to champion. Even us wearing chains, you know, we used to be shackling chains. And now we wear mm. diamond chains. So that's how I oh, try I to I envision know. her rap name. Like, okay, she's taking the mulatto thing, which was bad, and she's trying to reinvent it. So if she's cool with that and nobody cares, cool. But I think she didn't realize maybe the historical context behind her name And she is contemplating changing it, which is Mm -hmm. dope for her. I'm not going to be mad at her either way. But at the same time, I think it's definitely based on what she wants to do. I can't sit here and be like, oh, I'm not supporting her. If she keeps her name, if she wants to change it to Big Lotto, all power to her. But I know that's what hip hop's all about. Yeah, I love her music.
1: I know, but hip hop is also about taking trauma and pretending it's culture. So we can't use that excuse. Like People still have to evolve. Right. So a lot of things that we do in hip hop that are misogyny is part of hip hop, too. We're not going to defend that. So just because it's something that's ingrained in hip hop doesn't mean it gives you a carte blanche to keep doing it. Evolution is absolutely not. I'm happy that you're evolving. Big Lotto. Evolve, sis. OK,
0: Blue, you're you're starting to sound like C. Dolores Tucker. Okay, because at the end of the day, we are still using the word nigga out here when people were told called nigger right before they died. So when are we going? Are we just going to strip every word away that is unacceptable? to a certain group of our people?
1: I think I'm the, proud the of biggest her for evolving. I'm proud of her for Evolving. I love her music, whether she's mulatto or not. I listen to her music. I don't hate her. I'm not mad at her. I'm not going to lose sleep. There's not a picture of her with a dartboard in my bedroom. All I'm saying is Sissy's Evolving, and I'm here for it, and that's all I have to say about that.
0: She can't change her name to Big Lotto... Because the California Lottery already owns that. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Two Jason.
2: I, I don't think it's a coincidence that every time we get a female rapper that's starting to bubble to superstar status now, where somebody's trying to cancel it. I think that's not by surprise. So I'm, I'm more so side-eyeing. I mean, with the colorism talk, whoever's making that up, if she, maybe she said it. If she didn't, I think that's a, an attempt to try to cancel her like oh she doesn't believe in colorism. It's like, all right, y'all. Can it I seems just like say, every time we did, get a female why did, rapper.
0: Why does this always happen in our community though? Like I don't ever see Asian people canceling each other because, oh, you still ate at the wet market. Like nobody's
1: fucking doing that. No, Asians cancel, Jason. They cancel hard. Their cancellation is hurt it so cancels hard. Cancel is not they a conversation. Know. That's a it's bad example. A cancel. <laughs> they cancel. You, you, cancel. Can, you, you leave the tribe and they kick you out the house, Jason. That's not true. The Asians, they cancel with stealth. It's gangsta when they cancel. We just, don't, don't, don't say that. Asians scare me when they cancel. Once it's, can, it's
2: not even a conversation on Twitter. It's like, yeah, oh, no, It's, no, it's, no. Like, it's,
1: like, it's like the, like you, the people mafia. Ask me,
0: people ask me all the time if I subscribe to black Twitter. I don't give a fuck about black Twitter, white Twitter. I don't care about any Twitter, because at the end of the day, y'all can say whatever you want to say about me. I am living out my truth, and whatever I say and exude, it is what I think and feel. Now, I will tell you, I didn't even know back in the day when I said the Mulatto Mafia on Twitter and all that. I didn't even know that was like an offensive thing because I had a lack of knowledge. So maybe I was exactly. coming from a place of ignorance. You know what I mean? But but I think but but in all fairness and all you know, all jokes aside. I don't use the word mulatto now because, of course, I've heard it offends people. But I will say, if that girl wants to be called Big Mulatto or Mulatto or or Julatto, I'm going to support her based on her music and her, con- and her contribution to hip-hop. So, mulatto, keep doing your thing,
1: baby. Keep it mixed up like your name. All right. We love look. your music. We love your music. And that yeah. is black and blue, guys.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Black and blue. All right. Look, before we get out of here, I want to just uh, get serious for a quick second. You know, during Thanksgiving holiday, uh, I got a call from back home that a person that I know and that I was once close to uh, passed away. They committed suicide. And this person had two children, one who was still a small child and another one who's still fairly young. But either way, uh, this person had grew up like me as a foster kid and had their challenges and I think was really struggling trying to find Uh, His way and trying to figure out his life and wanted to provide a better life for his children And I do remember many times as I was just in the work and excelling, excelling, excelling uh, uh, And trying to ascend to the level of what I thought was success in my own career That there were times that they reached out to me to help them and I just didn't respond And so uh, I try not to live with guilt and I don't live with guilt But I will say that it, it was a lesson to slow down a little bit and pay attention to the people that you care about uh, those that that are even strong and stronger than what you may imagine. And so it was a reminder for sure. And I appreciate everybody's condolences on Instagram. And I would just say that, you know, if you're struggling, please reach out to a family member or a loved one or somebody, even just share it because uh, suicide is real and it is even more real when it hits home. So I'm sending love to him, his family, our community back home. Damage Blue, I'm out of here. This is great, Peace. guys. All right, look, that was a great show, and make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy.
2: Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on.
1: And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back.
2: And listen, make sure that you're commenting
0: below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace. hmm